Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. This episode is sponsored by Indeed, and Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. It's Brian Tong here, a.k.a. BTZ, a.k.a. doing this show nice, slow, and easy. What's up, everybody? Welcome if you are new here. This is our weekly wrap-up of all the biggest news and stories around and inside the world of Apple. We also talk about the greater world of tech as well. So if you're here for the first time, welcome. Thanks for joining us. If you've been here rolling with us from the beginning, thank you so much as well. Now, this show here, this is all about you all. We love you to be a part of it. So all you got to do to do that is record a voice memo, send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with A-Z, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, put it all out there. And this week, we've got some stuff, you know, new WWDC announcement. We've got something kind of interesting where uh, Apple may be in a little bit of trouble of how they were handling their MacBooks. We're going to talk about all that as well. Also, this show is brought to you by you, Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my show. Thank you so much for all of your support. I couldn't do this without you. It starts at $2 per month. $5 is like a cup of coffee per month, if that's the value that I give you. $10, the $25, the platinum level, $100 level. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support this and all my content. And you get early access to the goods. You get bonuses at different levels and a completely ad-free version of the show. No ads whatsoever. We just go right through it. All right, let's get to the big news this week. I think the lead story has to be that Apple has officially announced that WWDC 2021 will take place June the 7th through June the 11th. Now, this is going to again be an all online digital conference, so there will be no meeting in person or anything like that. It's going to be free for all developers as well this year, which is a big deal because I think normally... The conference cost anywhere from like, I feel like anywhere from $600 to like $1,000. Someone's going to have to correct me, but I know it was at least over $500 to be an attendee. And then there was a lottery before that to be an attendee in person. So it was actually really difficult to get in there. But WWDC 21, according to Apple, will offer unique insight into the future of iOS, iPadOS, macOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Apple also announced as part of this that this year's Swift Student Challenge is going to be an opportunity for young developers to showcase their coding skills by creating a Swift playground. They are accepting submissions for that as well. And then in addition to this, this uh, normally WWDC is held in San Jose. So to support that local economy, even while WWDC 21 is hosted online, they're going to take part of their $100 million racial equity and justice initiative. So they're committing $1 million to San Jose Aspires or SJ Aspires. And this is an education and equity initiative launched by the city of San Jose, focusing on enabling youth in underserved neighborhoods to set their goals and chart a path towards receiving a college education. So even though they're not having it physically in place, they're still giving back to the community. And I'm all for that. But let's talk about WWDC. So we know what we will likely see the next versions of all these, um, you know, their latest software. So we're talking about iOS 15, iPad OS 15. I believe we'd be at Mac OS 12, Watch OS 
8 and TV OS 15 as well. So sure, we're going to see software, but here's the thing that sticks out to me, okay? There have been all these rumors about a March event, and we know that that never happened, right? That was squashed. Then some of the leakers were leaning towards an April event, but maybe, look, if it's just two more months before Apple goes to WWDC, do they need to release any type of flagship or new piece of hardware, specifically a new product category before WWDC, which would likely not be an online event as well. It would be some sort of an online press release that they would do on the website because the iPad Pros, they'll get a new processor, they'll get a new screen, they might get Thunderbolt. I could see that being an online announcement, but why not save the hardware to launch with whatever new software bells and whistles that might actually complement the hardware? Why not hold off on that? Even AirTags, wouldn't, wouldn't it be smarter for them to actually do kind of a demo video to explain them instead of just put them out on their website? I think that we've lost a lot of that AirTags you know, hype, per se. I think now it's just like, okay, are they going to come out? Are they going to come out? And they can kind of reinvigorate the excitement around it by doing a video and showing us reasons why we should get excited about it instead of reading five bullet points from their website. So... My thinking is that I would I don't know if this is true this is a big maybe like a big big maybe but I would not be surprised if we don't see any type of hardware announcements before WWDC. Now, in my video that I did to kind of preview the event on my YouTube channel, I I asked the question, okay, when was the last time Apple released any major hardware after announcing a keynote event? So, similar to this, WWDC is coming June 7th. Has Apple ever done any major release before that? And the answer is they have announced, you know, upgrades to hardware, whether it's like speed boost, but they haven't released a whole brand new product for a product category. So I think, you know, it doesn't make sense for Apple to kind of not keep this momentum of always releasing or announcing something every month or two. But there's a chance that maybe we see this hardware held out for WWDC, even though we know that WWDC is really primarily a software showcase, I think there's a chance that maybe some of that hardware gets saved for that. Now, I could be totally wrong, okay? They could, by the time you listen to this, they might even actually already announce on their website some of those AirTags and new iPads that we've been talking about, but we'll see. Now, the thing, though, that I would love to see from WWDC or as they call it affectionately, dub dub. I'm curious what you are hoping to see. Like, what do you want Apple to do at the show to impress you? Because I'm not expecting anything groundbreaking. Their invitation showcased a Memoji with someone wearing glasses. They had multiple versions of this. And in the reflections of the glasses, you could see app icons and everyone's like, oh my gosh, they're gonna show off uh, ROS, which is their operating system specifically made for the Apple glasses and the Apple virtual reality headset. I don't know. I still think it's too early for us to see that, but maybe we do. But then if you actually look on their website, um, the WWDC section of Apple's website, instead of it just being a still image, there's actually an animation. And what happens is a laptop opens and as it opens, you see kind of like a dock pop up and then it moves. And so People are like, we always love to read into these things way too much. Someone's like, face ID on the new MacBooks. I'm like, I don't think they're going to release new MacBooks at WWDC at the same time. I'm just saying. And people are like, oh, it's got to be reality OS. It's got to be Apple glasses. But when you look at it really carefully, it just looks like a laptop opening and then them focusing on the dock 
So I'm not saying they're going to do something new with the doc. I'm just saying it's, I don't think this invite is as big and there's much to read into it as we think. Everyone has big dreams. Everyone has big ideas. But I think that the days of getting really surprised by Apple are long gone now. So I'm not counting them out. I think what would be really a surprise is if they actually drop the new MacBook Pros at WWDC. But that doesn't make sense because whatever they do software-wise, if it's something groundbreaking and new, I shouldn't say groundbreaking. If it's something at least new to their platform, they want their developers to make sure that their software and their apps are compatible with it. So the safe bet is we just see the latest versions of the OSs, which give us indications of maybe how they're moving forward. But I'd personally, you know how much I love my iPad Pro. I personally need to see them do a whole lot more with iPad OS. Last year's iPad was not upgrade worthy if you owned a 2018 iPad Pro. Now, if you owned an earlier one, yeah, it's okay to make that upgrade. But Really, last year was all about the Magic Keyboard, bringing new functionality, bringing a more hybrid-esque OS to the table. And so I think that I need to see more from iPad OS to give it more functionality, to make it even take it to another level because last year was really more hardware than it was software. And we got some great gestures and functionality with the Magic Keyboard, but let's see how this applies to the iPad Pro as a whole and as a product line. They they have an opportunity to make it even better and even more of its own thing. That's what I want to see. And then the other thing is that I own an Apple Watch Series 4. I did not upgrade the Series 5. I did not upgrade the Series 6. And so the hardware is probably going to dictate more of where the direction of this product goes. But from a software standpoint, Watch OS 8, there are no indications that they're going to do this, but they've been putting out kind of some of these breadcrumbs in the OS over time where... You can now download apps directly from the Apple Watch where before you had to use the iPhone um, and go into the watch and then download the app for it for it to appear on the watch. Now you can do it directly from the watch. There's been suggestions in earlier builds of watchOS and not even talking about watchOS 8, I'm talking about I think even in watchOS 6, they were starting to put hooks in there to allow the Apple Watch to be more independent. And when I say more independent, whether it's software updates, Let's let's get to the point. If Apple really wants to blow this thing out of the water, you've heard me talk about it. Let's make the Apple Watch completely independent, it re- requiring no setup on any phone. Just have it require someone to have an, a free iCloud account. And maybe it, it comes with like, I don't know, 500 megs of storage, maybe even one gig of storage to save whatever preferences and settings for the Apple Watch and then manage it through a web browser interface, opening up the Apple Watch for anyone to use. Whether you're Android, whether you're Samsung's Tizen, um, whether you're Apple's ecosystem, whatever you want, whether you don't even own a phone, you know, the Apple Watch is becoming such a important product from a health standpoint and from a daily use. And really, you know, the move from the next phone is gonna be more on our wrist before it comes to our glasses, quite honestly, that, that next wearable device. I want to see them go all in into making that an independent device. So I don't know about you all. I don't know what you think. I would love to hear about your thoughts, where you'd like to hedge your bets for WWDC, what you want to see. Try to keep the call within one minute and 30 seconds. Applebitshow at gmail.com. You know how you do it. You've heard the show. Call in. I'd love to hear your thoughts because WWDC, we're starting that train of momentum for big Apple announcements. It's coming. It's a coming.
also coming from after that announcement, we know that it's going to be a digital event, but according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, after this keynote, Apple is aiming to announce their mixed reality headset. We've talked about this at an in-person event sometime in the next several months, according to Mark Gurman. Okay, he's been a friend of the show. He's been on the show. So we've heard initially was interesting is that when early reports about Apple's mixed AR VR headset came out, Bloomberg was one of the first sources to say they were targeting 2020. So we know that pandemics changed everything for us. It changed it for everybody. So maybe they are on target to get this thing out in 2021. All reports said that this is not going to be a consumer-friendly headset. It's really going to be more of a developer-style headset. Uh, projections for Apple's mixed reality headset that is really going to be at least the first version. This is not the slim down, super sleek Apple glasses that everyone is dreaming and hoping about. This would be kind of in line with what Oculus is doing with HTC Vive Zoom, but really more think about what the Quest 2 is doing. This would be Apple's version of that with some type of augmented reality functionality. So you know that a device like this, you can't do an online announcement. I think really they want people like maybe like myself to try it on in person, give those first reactions because this is the type of device that requires people to talk about it, to experience it instead of just five bullet points on a website. And that generates more momentum, more hype. I think that the display is going to have to be significantly better than what is out there on the market for me to, from a hardware standpoint, to really get excited. But from a software standpoint, what are the apps like? What's the ecosystem that they've built? You can't just take an iOS app and adopt it into this new ROS. It's going to have to be its own thing. So what type of support are they going to have um, beyond a YouTube player and a few apps? And what type of controls will this have too? I mean, there's a lot of interest behind it. The Quest 2, for me, is the best consumer overall VR headset right now. But Apple's trying to position this one as more of a mixed reality one. We'll find out. If we see ROS, who knows if it stands for Reality OS. No one's actually officially said that from what I gather. But if ROS is previewed at WWDC 2021, they've got to give developers time to get their apps up to speed. That can be compatible on there. But if we see ROS, I have no doubt that we'd likely see this headset at least at some sort of dedicated announcement by the end of this year if we can meet in person. There's a lot of, there's a lot of factors there. But I think the first step to getting closer to App, Apple revealing this headset is seeing ROS for the first time at WWDC 2021. Dub-dub. All right, we're sticking with apps. According to Sensor Tower, an analytic, kind of like an apps analytics group, new research revealed that the average iPhone user, which is many of us talking and listening right now, spent 38% more in 2020 on premium apps and in-app purchases than the year before. The total average spend amount was $138 per iPhone in the United States. Now, I saw this number quite honestly, this number doesn't apply to me. I did not spend $138 on um, apps and in-app purchases in 2020. I definitely know I didn't. Um, But what about you? Like, where, Where were you all in that? They said 2020 was a record year for app store spending. 
App Store sales grew by 42% in 2016. And if you look at that kind of jump, the next big jump happened out of all these years from 2015 to 2016. So think about this, 2015 starts, App Store uh, spending goes up 42% from 2015 to 2016. Let's go to 2017. App Store spending goes up 23%, so that's $58. The next year in 2018, we go up to $79. That's a 36% increase. In 2019, we go up to an average of $100 spent. That's a 27% increase. And then in 2020, we hit $138, a 38% increase from the year before. Are you all really spending $138 on the App Store, like on apps and in-app purchases? or? Who's the big whale that's spending like thousands of dollars on their, on their interior decorating uh, Property Brothers app or stuff like that? <laughs> I know there's one that exists. Also fun app stuff, Apple Arcade, don't sleep on it. Apple today announced that its mobile gaming subscription service is gaining 30 classic games on Apple Arcade, including, man, is this a goodie or, but an oldie? Does this take you back? Fruit Ninja, Monument Valley, and Cut the Rope. Oh my God, I love those games. These, um, the service itself will pass a total of 180 titles, but games like this are coming to Apple Arcade. Also, they're throwing some new originals that are Apple Arcade originals. NBA 2K21 Arcade Edition, Oregon Trail, or Oregon Trail, depending on you is going to be on here on Apple Arcade and then cut the rope remastered so better graphics improved visuals. That's pretty fun. And then the cool probably the coolest app that I know a lot of you RPG fans are going to be hyped about Fantasian. That's the name of the game is the latest turn-based role-playing game by Final Fantasy creator Hironobu Sakaguchi. Okay? It's been released exclusively on Apple Arcade. Now, when I see these two announcements back-to-back, this is the type of momentum that you need to get people on Apple Arcade. I actually think Apple Arcade makes tons of sense for mobile gamers that are families. Great service. I thought it was super unique. But now that you're talking about an RPG from the creator of Final Fantasy on Apple Arcade exclusively, that's compelling. And then you got those oldies but goodies that kind of take you back. Fruit Ninja? Ah! That's awesome. Also awesome, Apple has dominated the audio device shipments in 2020 with the sales of AirPods and Beats. So according to data shared by analytics firm Canalys, or Canalys, C-A-N-A-L-Y-S, if you look at the worldwide smart personal audio shipments in 2020, Apple, which also includes their Beats division, shipped 108.9 million devices second place samsung which includes their Harmon subsidiaries 38.3 million apple at 108.9 at number one samsung 38.3 million at number two that's a huge gap that tells you the domination that apple has in this market apple made up roughly 25 plus percent of the entire industry for audio device shipments in 2020. 
So we know, like, that's why when there were reports recently about the AirPods uh, third generation being pushed out to release for the second half of the year, Apple does not need to rush these things. They are selling bonkers. They are dominating the industry. People are still buying them. There's no need to rush this. They put it out when they start seeing a dip in their numbers where maybe that plateau or that stable line starts to eke down. Okay, then they go for it. But that's straight domination. If you want similar domination, let's look at the worldwide wearable band shipments for the fourth quarter of 2020. So now I just talked about the entire year of audio devices. We're going to focus in on here for just Q4 2020, basically wearable sh- wearable products like the Apple Watch and others. Apple made up 14.5 million wearable band devices. Xiaomi, 8.7. Huawei, 6.7. So Apple also in this market had a 25% market share for shipments of products that were wearable band devices in the fourth quarter of 2020. Xiaomi came in at 15%. So actually, surprise, you might think, oh, that's pretty close. Well, the thing you have to remember also is uh, Apple's, I think, lowest price Apple Watch. Is it 279 Somewhere around there. For, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Xiaomi's most affordable wearable comes in at $30. So they're, they're probably, something tells me they might be pushing, pushing a, a few more units than other companies because of that price point. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. You know that I've been independent and every decision for me and hire, whether it's projects or going on the road when I did, it matters. So hiring is one of those things that you do not want to mess up. You need to hire great people if you want to take your entire business to that next level. And with stakes this high, there's only one choice, Indeed. And I'm going to tell you why. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. All you got to do is post, screen, and interview. You can do it all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications. And then schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. You have tools like the Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job descriptions immediately. There's also Indeed Skills Tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. So you can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own and then add your must-have requirements so you're only going to pay for applicants that meet them. According to Talentness, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. And if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's get back to the show and the goodness. And this is actually not a good thing, but over time we've seen where Apple has had issues with products and it sometimes takes a class action lawsuit and that process to really reveal it and and in most cases validate what people are saying. We saw what happened with Bengate. Now, this was the issue where uh, one of the chips in the iPhone due to the iPhone obviously being more susceptible to bending actually affected the the display 
And later on, Apple admitted that they had known about this issue after it went through the process and they offered um, not a rebate or a refund, but ways to repair or get the issue for affected phones that still could be affected by this. Okay, I remember that was a huge deal. Everyone was talking about how, oh, my display's crapping out or this is happening. And uh, it really kind of started with Unbox Therapy. He he did a lot of like bending the phones by hand, but kind of bringing that issue up that Bengate was a real issue. Well, based on a new report, according to a report that was basically paywalled, but then brought to the public from Law 360. Now you have to remember this in 2019, there were customers, and I remember this issue vividly. People would write about it to me. Some customers of 2016 and 2017 MacBook Pros noticed this odd kind of like stage lighting on the bottom where you'd see like a light, a dark spot, a light, dark spot, kind of like a an LED strip along the bottom where you'd have a bright area and a dark area and a bright area and a dark area. So it, it we call it kind of like a stage lighting effect as if you ever seen like on a big production on the bottom of the stage, it has those lights and it would not only impact their screen, but potentially cause the laptop to be unusable. And they kind of isolated what was happening and connected it to a weak and fragile flex cable that can over time experience wear and tear with repeatedly opening and closing the computer. Now, these are the 2016 and 2017 MacBook Pros. And I think some people listening right now are like, dude, I had that issue. And maybe you took it in for service or not. Well, now a judge presiding over the case from a group of consumers who are accusing Apple of saying, hey, you you guys actually knew that you were selling laptops that did this because all you had to do was just test them out of the gates and you would have been able to find the issue. So U.S. District Judge Edward Davila determined that the consumer's allegations of Apple conducting intensive pre-release testing, which the consumers say was conducted by a team of reliability engineers, who these are people who carried out stress tests and other procedures, would have been alerted to the defects behind the display failures and were not able to show that. So the judge found that the allegations of pre-release testing in combination with the allegation of substantial customer complaints were sufficient enough to show that Apple had exclusive knowledge of this alleged defect. One of the plaintiffs in the case who represents the consumers said that Apple, one other sign that Apple knew that this was happening is, you know, they've continued to at least up to this point, deny that there was ever a problem with their display cables, but there were things where forums about it on Apple support were taken down as people were discussing it on Apple site. He used as one of the, like, you know, there was a lot of conversation and buzz around it. People had told Apple this is an issue and they said, no, it's fine, it's fine. But right now, this initial judge is saying, is citing with the consumers that are saying, hey, um, yeah, Apple, you knowingly sold these computers. So we're going to have to see how this all plays out. It's going to take some time, but um, right now, that's where we're at. All right. Other leaks. You, you like MagSafe cases? Well, four colored cases were just revealed online um, on Twitter by account Duan Rui. 1205 showcasing four new colors for the cases one i gotta love this a, like a deep purple color another is like a light seafoam pastel easter green 
Then there's kind of a, a deeper, intense blue. Reminds you of the Google Pixel blue that they made there, uh, one of the recent phones. And then one that's kind of like a uh, an off-orange, tan, peachish color. So these are believed to be the four new official protective shells that we will see for kind of Apple's spring lineup of MagSafe products. New, new, new rumors and reports. The next iPhone SE to feature a 4.7-inch display. This would be a 2023 version that will have a whole punch full screen design as well. So don't expect anything bigger than a 4.7-inch display. That will stay the same at least for 2022. And then look out. The notch is going away eventually. The punch hole. Coming... Co- New innovation coming to Apple in uh, 2023, guys. See, just just be patient. It, it's eventually coming back to you. Oh, we also have kind of two quick things. We know that Apple's been releasing and revealing the betas for right now. They just recently released the sixth beta for all their software apps. So in doing so, Apple's iOS 14.5 has the ability to recalibrate iPhone 11 batteries specifically to fix a battery health bug. So it's currently in testing, but it has a new process that helps recalibrate the battery. Again, specifically for iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max. In the online document, Apple says that the update is going to recalibrate the maximum battery capacity and peak performance capacity on 11 iPhone 11 models to address inaccurate estimates of battery health reporting that some users have encountered. So they also say some times the recalibration may not be successful and a battery service message will pop up, Apple will replace those affected batteries free of charge to restore full performance and capacity. So keep your eyes on how that plays out. This is right now in the sixth beta build of iOS 14.5. Also, there was kind of some buzz about, oh, what's going on with Apple TV, guys? Well, tvOS, the 14.5 beta 6, recently referenced an Apple TV remote with a center button. So the internet, of course, got like all set off like, oh my gosh, they're finally bringing back that center button from the silver sliver Apple TV. And everyone's like, finally, like I don't have to use the touchpad and people are excited about it. But then they got a little too excited because sometimes you got to let these things marinate and figure themselves out. According to a later report, the code that was discovered in the iOS or sorry, the tvOS 14.5 beta six could actually be referring to a third party Apple TV remote that's in development um, that could be offered by Universal Electronics for cable, satellite, and other media content companies around the world. They, if you're familiar with, I actually did one. Um, there's, It started over in Europe where a cable provider was like, people don't like the Apple remote. They want something different. So they made like a standard physical remote with buttons and a navigation that feels better. You don't lose it because it's bigger. And navigation-wise, at least for me, it's just a lot easier. It's really just like the old-school remote with buttons and D-pads and everything like that. So the the thing is actually, this was a reference that was found not to a new Apple remote, but to a third-party remote, which might be similar to that one. And finally, before we wrap up the show, we talked about 20-year anniversary of Mac OS last show. Well, this show... On April 1st of this week of recording, it marked the 45th anniversary of Apple's founding. Co-founded by Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Ronald Wayne on April 1st of 1976, 
That's funny because I honestly did not remember this date. So now every April Fool's Day is the day that they found Apple. That's kind of crazy. And I don't know if you know the story, right? It was founded by those three people. Ronald Wayne sold his 10% share stake in the company back to Jobs and Wozniak just 12 days after they founded to avoid the financial risk. Now, you know how they say hindsight is 2020? In this case, hindsight is 200 billion. His stake in the company today, if he didn't sell any, would be worth more than 200 billion dollars. <laughs> and there's no way he thought Apple would be what it would be today, but my goodness. There's so much history uh, about Apple, its barrier roots. I mean, it happened in Silicon Valley, the backyard of where I grew up. The garage of Steve Jobs' childhood home in Los Altos, California, worked with Wozniak to test the first Apple One systems computer in 1975. Okay, they reached an agreement with a small computer store named The Byte Shop in Mountain View, California. They sold the first Apple One in July 1976 for $666.66. You might say, I knew it, they were the devil, but that's not the case. Wozniak later told everyone that he chose that price because he just liked repeating digits. They probably should have gone for 9999 just to make a little more cheddar. Anyways, just a just an amazing journey to see the ups and downs. Remember, Steve Jobs was ousted. And then we talked about the 20th anniversary of Mac OS X. What was fun about that is it was Mac OS X, which came from the roots of the next step operating system, which was founded by Steve Jobs' new company, Next, when he was ousted from Apple, that allowed him to come back to Apple as an advisor. He then reintegrated himself, took over the world. Apple had its rebirth like a phoenix rising from the ashes. And the rest is history, as they say. So 45 years to celebrate Apple. That's, that's pretty damn impressive. That's awesome. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this show. Before we go, we got to thank our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level, $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you all. Thank you all for your, for your support. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support this and all my content as well. But it's fun. You know, I think it still might be. It's a little bit of a slower season if you're an Apple fan. I mean, I think, I don't know about you all, but I do think there's kind of a little bit of fatigue of the same rumors. I even feel like there's fatigue around iPhone 13 rumors because the iPhone 13 isn't even coming until September, October. And everyone's just trying to like leak things here. They're like, we kind of already know what to expect. So it's a weird, weird time where Apple hit us so hard in September, October, November, December. Now it's like they need to breathe. We need to breathe a little bit. But while we're breathing, we're like, hey, what's the latest Apple news? So there's always fun stuff to talk about. But I think we're kind of like in this holding pattern. And WWDC 2021 makes it feel that way. If something comes out in April, trust me, I'll be all over it. But We'll wait and see. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Remember, call in, be a part of it. I would love to hear your WWDC 2021 hopes, wishes, and dreams. 
record the voice memo, send it in applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, and I'll throw it in the show. All right, everybody, take care and be safe. We will talk to you soon. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace. Peace.